Welcome to the First Prez Podcast, which features the message from this past Sunday's worship. Our services are Sunday mornings at 8.30, 9, 10, and 11 o'clock. You can learn more about First Prez at firstprezcos.org. Amen. Thank you, Andy. And uh, Andy, our college minister, you know, he's got college students going through all kinds of different things right now, so we wanted to have him in front of you. And good morning, church. It's good to be together. It's good to be worshiping. We're entering week three of being church online, 100% online First Pres Church. Never did we think we'd be here. But even though you can't go to church, you can be the church. And we know that the, the city and the nation and the world needs the church more than ever. We need the light of Christ to break out more than ever. So I want to just keep encouraging you. Please stay in it with us. Be the church right where you are. Be engaged in ministry. We've got reason to believe that we're reaching more people with the gospel right now than we ever have. That's the moment that we're in. So lean in and be the church. Bring church home. One P. Friends, let's... Uh, Let's turn as we go in our, our Jesus series. I'm going to read to you from Matthew 15, verses 21 to 28. Encourage you to get your Bibles out, have them on your lap. Encourage you to lean in and read with me and hear the word of God where you are. And as we open the scriptures, let's open our hearts in prayer. Lord, we are lost except that you speak a word. We are in the dark except that you shine a light. We are helpless except that you have become our help and our salvation. Open our hearts to your word this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. Matthew 15, 21 to 28. Leaving that place, Jesus withdrew to the region of Tyre and Sidon. A Canaanite woman from that vicinity came to him, crying out, Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. My daughter is demon-possessed and suffering terribly. Jesus did not answer a word. So his disciples came to him and urged him, send her away, for she keeps crying out after us. He answered, I was only sent to the lost sheep of Israel. The woman came and knelt before him, Lord, help me, she said. He replied, it is not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. Yes, it is, Lord, she said. Even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. Then Jesus said to her, woman, you have great faith. Your request is granted. And her daughter was healed at that moment. Friends, we're talking about Jesus. With Jesus, everybody's in and nobody's out. Jesus was famous for doing the unexpected thing. He was famous for, for, for saying what he wasn't supposed to say, for, for doing what he wasn't supposed to do, to, for talking to people he wasn't supposed to talk to and, and going places he wasn't supposed to go. He walked across social boundaries like they, they weren't even there. Have you been watching a lot of movies in your um, isolation? Have you been burning Netflix down? Uh, yes, Netflix, I am still watching all that. Uh, we, uh, we watched Ferris Bueller's Day Off, uh, in our, which I'll warn you about the language, okay? Find the cable edited version, but, uh, but it's a classic. 
And, uh, and Ferris, if you know the movie, Ferris Bueller was, he was well known with all the different high school groups. He was a very popular high school student. As it goes in the movie, uh, the Sportos, the Motorheads, Geeks, the Bloods, the Wastoids, the Dweebies, they all adore him. They think he's a, now can you finish that sentence? They think he's a righteous dude, a righteous dude, Ferris Bueller. I can't believe that movie is over 30 years old. And I can't believe I'm quoting it right now. But, it, it, but it, at any rate, you get the point. Jesus, uh, kind of like Ferris Bueller, <laughs> Jesus, he ran with all the groups. He, he ran with every type. He was welcome in every circle. He would, he would, he would you know, he was, he was a righteous dude in, in any group, in any clique, in any, in any social setting, you know. We're used to people being separated out. We're used to people staying in their, in their little groups, you know, be, staying in their teams, sticking with their colors, you know. We're part of a group, part of a team, like never separated, you know, never separated out. Like Tom Brady and the Patriots, you know, just always one thing, what? Oh. Jesus wasn't just part of one team. Jesus was for everyone. Jesus is for everyone. We're in this series where we're looking at the life of Jesus. We're kind of trying to have the historian's eye. We're looking as if we were a reporter watching Jesus go through his ministry. And what would we write down if we were watching from the outside? And, and some people say Jesus, Jesus was just a, a, a local itinerant Jewish rabbi and, and, and he would have been surprised to have his teaching spill out anywhere past Galilee and Judea and the people that he knew. He, he never expected for his teaching to mean anything more than, than just his local kind of teaching ministry. Well, is that right? What did Jesus think? What did Jesus believe about his own ministry? Who did Jesus believe he was for? Jesus is for everyone. One day he walked his disciples out of the region of Galilee and all the way out to the port cities, the region of Tyre and Sidon, and there he proved that his ministry was spilling the banks of, of Israel and, and even uh, of, of the Jewish people and the children of Abraham. It was, it was going out into the world. Even the genetic line of the children of Abraham was not the end of his ministry. We're right here in Caesarea near the sea. Throughout history, people have had a tendency to separate themselves out. Those who are on the inside, those who are on the outside, and one of the things we notice right away about landing in Israel is all the walls, all the separations. Jesus, in his time, he found ways to cross barriers, to cross boundaries. And in port cities like this, people came from all around, and these were opportunities to intermix with others, like Jesus intermixed with the woman in our passage today. But what I'm struck with is how much courage it took for Jesus to actually walk toward people that were different from him, toward people that wouldn't accept him and that ordinarily his people wouldn't accept. And it was a lesson for all of us that Jesus, the son of David, Jesus, was the beginning of a ministry that's 
for all people across all boundaries, for every one of us. The grace of God, it breaks the boundaries, it goes up over the shores, and it reaches all of our hearts. The ministry of Jesus is for everyone. Jesus is for everyone. It's for everyone. If we're evaluating this life, the historical Jesus, if we're watching it go by, one of the questions that we want to ask is, was Jesus inclusive or exclusive? And, and was this moment, was this moment an inclusive moment? It doesn't sound like an inclusive moment, does it? It was an exclusive moment. Listen, Jesus is at the same time the most inclusive and the most exclusive figure in all of human history. And I'll get to that when we get to the end. But what about this moment? One of the big questions about Jesus is how did he see himself? What's going on here? How did Jesus see himself? Wasn't Jesus just a local preacher? Wouldn't Jesus have been shocked out of his shoes to think that the things that he was teaching and doing would matter to people outside of his neighborhood, outside of his nation, that it would matter to people thousands of years later? Wouldn't have Jesus himself have been shocked to understand that his teaching was that big? Well, that's a question that you don't have to be a believer or a spiritual person even to answer that question. You just have to be willing to look at what Jesus said and what Jesus did. Jesus demonstrated that he believed his ministry was for all people everywhere. Jesus demonstrated that he believed that his ministry was for everyone. So what's happening in this passage? Because on the first read, you read this passage and you think, that is about as, as mean as I have ever seen Jesus be, right? So what is going on here? This is a critical moment in the life of Jesus. It isn't a parable, but it might as well be with how much there is to uncover and learn in this event. A reporter on the scene could easily walk away with the wrong impression in their mind. So let's unpack it, let's add some context, let's try to understand this. Now friends, one key to understanding this moment, and it's, it's something that it's true of a lot of different moments in Jesus' life, but one key to understanding this moment is to look at what happens in the end. What happens in the end? Jesus heals. Jesus helps. Jesus, he, he does what, needs, what the woman asks him to do in the end. So one key to understanding this, one key to understanding what's happening is to keep that in mind. Jesus helps the woman, he heals the woman's daughter. And just keep that in mind as we walk through it, what Jesus says and does. In the end, he heals. So verse 21, leaving that place, leaving that place. All right, what place? Jesus and his disciples, they were in Gennesaret on the shore of the Sea of Galilee. If we throw a map up on your screen, you're gonna see the Sea of Galilee up on the top there. It's that little blue dot. And what Jesus is doing is he's gonna, he's gonna leave. He's gonna go northwest over those mountains and toward Tyre. You might be able to lean in and see it. But he's gonna go up to the shore there to some port cities of Tyre and Sidon. He's leaving Gennesaret on the side of the Sea of Galilee and going off to the shore. But he's not just leaving the town behind. As Jesus was leaving that place, he's leaving behind what was going on there. 
You see, Jesus was, and his friends were getting absolutely hammered by this group of Pharisees that came up from Jerusalem to give them a hard time. You can run your, your, your eyes up the page and you can see this, this debate happening, this fight happening. And they came all the way from Jerusalem to give Jesus and his disciples a hard time. About what? About not washing their hands. Right. I mean... You should wash your hands. I, you know, I mean, you really should. You know, you wash your hands 20 seconds, right, under the, sing happy birthday or uh, sing the doxology for you, you know, who are a little more, uh, just you gotta wash your hands. Like, I mean, right now, I think, I think First Pres would kick Jesus out for not washing his hands right now, right? So you gotta wash your hands. But they were making it a salvation issue. They were, they were acting like if you don't do the external things, that's going to determine the eternal course of your soul. They were acting like if you don't obey all the rules, if you don't keep every rule and never make a mistake, then God's going to be mad at you and you're never going to make it home to the Lord as though your salvation depended on doing all the rules right. Jesus was walking away, frustrated walking out of a conversation with people who just could not get grace. Leaving that place. Where does he go? Tyre and Sidon, the coast, port cities. Port cities were made up of all kinds of people. I mean, port cities, they were filled with, uh, with uh, traders and soldiers and traveling salesmen and, and spiritualists and seers and diviners. And, and listen, these were the places where people were passing through. In a port city, you come, you spend a little bit of time there, you have some fun, and then you move on, right? Are you with me? And so when Jesus said to his disciples, hey, let's get out of here, let's go to Tyre and Sidon. What his disciples are thinking, the only things that pop into their head is, oh, that region? We call that pagan land, okay? We call that heathenville. That's not where, that's not where we, good, good Jewish people go. Jesus says, come on, let's go over there. And who are you gonna meet in pagan land? A pagan, verse 22. A Canaanite woman from that vicinity came to him crying out, Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. My daughter is demon-possessed and suffering terribly. Now, Canaanite is not a nice word. First of all, no Canaanite would call themselves a Canaanite. Okay, I want you to understand even the other, the other gospel writers, they call this woman the Syrophoenician woman, right? A woman born in Syria. That's where she's from. That's who she is. But Matthew, he drops this Canaanite on her. Who are the Canaanites? The Canaanites, remember, they were the, they were the spiritually corrupt, child-sacrificing, idol-worshiping, violent, pagan people that the people of God were supposed to push out of the Holy Land. So way back when, so that they could establish a nation, a holy nation, to represent the character of a holy, one true God. Canaanite. If you heard of Samaritans, Samaritans, that's a, that's a family feud, Okay? That's inside the house. Canaanite is way out there. 
Along comes a Canaanite woman. This woman sees Jesus. And what does she say? She calls Jesus son of David. You see, she sees and knows the difference. It's as if she's saying, look, I, I know you're Jewish. I know I'm not. But can I ask you for your help? Jesus responds with silence. I hope you can tell we're, we're, we're entering a, a race relations moment. This is an interracial dynamics moment in the scriptures. So I want you to watch how Jesus handles this. A barrier is there. A difference exists. And, and, and Jesus doesn't pretend that it's not there. You know, one of, the, one of the mistakes that we often make in race relations is trying to pretend that the, the difference isn't there, trying to pretend there's no barrier there when there actually is kind of a difference. You know, I, for example, I am a white male. I checked again this morning. W- woke up this morning, checked, white male. That's what I got, white male. And so I, that, what that means is I'm gonna see the world through those eyes, through that perspective, and and I've got to acknowledge that. I know that I'm living in, in this kind of a, a sphere and that makes me see the world in, in a different way. And I've got to acknowledge that when I come to my friendships with, say, a, a, a black woman or, or a Latino male or a, a Cuban pastor or a Mongolian leader, the best thing for me to do is not to pretend there's no differences but to say, I know there's some differences here. Let's acknowledge them. Because it's often when you acknowledge the differences, when you acknowledge the barrier, that the best breakthroughs can happen. Well, Jesus, he acknowledges, okay? She calls him son of David. He remains silent. Verse 23, Jesus did not answer a word. So his disciples came to him and urged him, send her away, for she keeps crying out after us. He answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel. Who did he answer? It says Jesus answered. Who did he answer? Well, it looks like he was answering the disciples, not the woman, right? He's answering the disciples. I was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel. Let me just ask you this. Does that sound like Jesus to you? The Jesus that you know from other stories, from other places? Well, next, the the woman presses the issue, verse 25. The woman came and knelt before him. Lord, help me, she said. He replied, it is not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. I mean, what is is going on here? What is this, this moment? Did Jesus just call her a dog? Yes, he sure did. I mean, does that sound like like Jesus to you? There are a few moments in Scripture where Jesus, to me, sounds less like Jesus than this moment right here. It is not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. Here's what I think. 
I think Jesus was not speaking for himself here. Jesus was giving voice to something. Right here, even in in the last moment, in this moment, Jesus was making a point to illustrate the barrier, to raise up this kind of barrier and let everybody see it. Here's this wall here. There's this barrier that's there relationally between his people and her people. And it looks like this, you know. Jesus steps forward, he says, I was only sent for the lost sheep of Israel. Right, disciples? Right, Jesus? And then to the Syrophoenician woman, you know, uh, look, it's not right for me to take bread, throw it to dogs like you. Right, Syrophoenician woman? And what does she say? What does she do? I gotta ask you, does that sound like Jesus? Jesus has just walked out of a conversation with people who sound like this. Here's the wall, says Jesus. Here's the boundary. Here's the difference. Does everybody see it? Does everybody see that it's there? Everybody knows you don't step over that line. You don't step over that wall. Everybody agree? And now Jesus waits. And we wait. How will the woman respond? What will she do? Will she turn away? Will she lift up her chin, throw her hand in the air, you know, spit on the ground at these this Jewish rabbi and his stinking fisherman friends, enough with you, done with you. No. She hangs in. She hangs in until the barrier comes down. It's not right to toss bread at dogs. Look at this, verse 27. Yes, it is, Lord, she said. Even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. What's going on? A little humility, a a little humor maybe? Is there humor in that? Yes, it is, Jesus. She's not even offended. She hangs in. She sticks with it until the barrier comes down. And now watch what happens, verse 28. Then Jesus said to her, woman, you have great faith. You have great faith. Your request is granted. Well, Jesus is back, you know. Oh, that's Jesus. Now I see him again. He's back. He's on the scene. And actually, this is kind of a, an exclamation. There's an eruption in this. If you, if you had it, other translations give this to you. He actually says, oh, woman. Oh, woman. He's got this, this sort of, and it's rare that Jesus does this, this much emotion. Where he says, oh, woman, you have great faith. You have great faith. And Jesus, he kind of bursts out from behind the curtain again. The the mask comes off, and you see Jesus coming forward and saying, your faith is awesome. And your daughter's healed. We see Jesus again. Your daughter was healed that very moment. See, Jesus, friends, he was playing somebody else's part for the beginning. I really believe that. For those, those first two things he said, even, and the silence, and then the nasty statement he said to the disciples, and the nasty statement he said to the woman, he's playing somebody else's part. Why? To draw out the poison. To let everybody see there's a difference, right? There's a barrier here, right? He's drawing out the poison, and he's saying, hey, you people think this, don't you? Yeah, we do. Hey, and you people, you think this, don't you? Yeah, we do. Well, let's see. Jesus, he pulls that barrier up, lets everybody see it, and he busts right through. He busts right through. Friends, this can teach us a lot about race relations. <laughs> Don't pretend the differences aren't there. That's the worst thing you can do. 
You just start to name them, start to acknowledge them, start to share in them, and then you break right through. But here's the point. Jesus was thrilled not only to engage with a foreign woman, but to heal her daughter. And, see, Jesus has engaged with Gentiles already. I mean, he's talked to Samaritans. He, uh, he healed a centurion's son back in chapter 8 of this gospel. Uh, if you want to count it, even the Magi, their lives were changed, having come over to see Jesus in his birth. So Jesus, he has touched Gentile lives. He's touched people outside of the lost sheep of Israel. But today, what he does is he, he, he not only speaks to the woman, he not only helps the woman, but he heals a non-Jewish woman's daughter on non-Jewish soil. Breaks the bounds. He leaps over the wall. Jesus. Was he some small-time itinerant rabbi who never would have thought that his teaching would go outside of, of the bounds? No. Jesus was for everyone. Jesus is for everyone. His ministry has no limits, has no boundaries. It has no racial lines, no, no, no borders, no, no walls, no, nothing to stop it. There's no place where it cannot penetrate. It has no social distancing guidelines. Jesus breaks through. His ministry is for everyone. What about the dividing wall? What about the two groups? What about the barrier? Paul later in Ephesians 2 writes, for he himself is our peace, who has made the two groups one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility By setting aside in his flesh the law with its commands and regulations, his purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of two, thus making peace, and in one body to reconcile them both to God through the cross, by which he put to death their hostility. Friends with Jesus, everybody's in, nobody's out. Unless you choose the boundary. Jesus, the ministry of Jesus, at the same time the most inclusive and the most exclusive of all figures in history. He systematically and intentionally breaks down the barriers that we put up between ourselves and others. He systematically and intentionally deconstructs every way that we separate ourselves out into groups. He deconstructs the racism, the sexism, the classism. He deconstructs all of that to make us one. One universal, inclusive humanity in the blood of Jesus. But you can still self-select out. You can still choose the barrier. Because what Jesus did to make that one humanity, as we just, what Jesus did was he, he took our sins on himself and he carried them to the cross. And when he died on the cross, you see, that's for everybody. 
He didn't die just for Israelite sins. He didn't die just for, just for uh, Syrophoenician Canaanite sins. He didn't die just for white Anglo-Saxon Protestant sins. He died for all sins. And all who turn to him can be forgiven of their sins and they can enter into one family of God, one community. He has purchased a place for anyone, anyone. And that means you to be in the household of God and to be saved. you can self-select out. You can choose the barrier. When you turn away from Jesus, Jesus went to the cross. And when he went to the cross, he died once and all for sins. He died. God sent one son, one son Jesus, to die for the sins of all humanity. And he went to the cross and he died. And he opened up one eternal life. If you turn away from him, if you, if you lift the chin pridefully and throw your hand in the air and spit and say, away with you, self-select out, well, Jesus, the most inclusive, the most exclusive. There is one name, one cross, one sacrifice. Don't turn away from him. For Jesus, his ministry is for everyone. His ministry is for you. Which Jesus do you want to see today? Lord, as we worship today, wherever we are, boy, all we see, we say, Lord, all we see are walls. All we see are our barriers. All we see are our distances. Lord, break them down, penetrate them, walk through them, enter. Lord, as you, as you walk through the, the closed and locked doors after your resurrection, walk into our closed and locked doors, into our lives. We know, Jesus, many hearts are turning to you right now. Many hearts are open to you right now. And we pray for those hearts that they would not turn away from you, not self-select out of your eternal love, but right now would respond and would feel your spirit moving in their heart to say yes to the work of grace that you have done, to forgiveness of sins, to eternal life. In your name, Jesus. Thanks for listening to the First Prez Podcast. If you would like more information, you may visit our website at firstprezcos.org.